Senator Jonathan Casper filling in for Rob Port today. If you'd like to participate, call us at 293-9000 or 888-970-9329. Uh, or you can email or text us at talk at WDAY.com. We got a uh, fun show today as everyone comes out of uh, the holiday lag. Uh, I don't know about everyone else out there, but I'm... Uh, a big lover of Christmas and I always enjoy the Christmas time, but it always seems like the couple days after uh, you're lagging about taking down that Christmas tree and hate to hear the Christmas music stop playing, but uh, we're, we're back to reality. And here in the state of North Dakota coming up in January, we have a, a brand new legislative session coming at us. I'm a state senator from Fargo. I represent District 27, which uh, for those of you familiar with the city is uh, the area where Microsoft is sort of located and the, the southern part of the, the community down there where the southern Wal- Walmart is on 52nd and uh, a young, growing part of our, our community. Uh, I thought it'd be fun today with a uh, legislative session coming up. We got a new president in America, but uh, we also got a new governor in North Dakota, and we got an exciting session coming up, and thought it'd be a great opportunity to have some legislative leaders and uh, some new legislative uh, folks uh, talk about how and what they see coming up in the next uh, few months. So we're going to have uh, Representative Michael Howe, who represents West Fargo and uh, all the way out to Castleton and rural Cass County on. We're going to have uh, Senator Jerry Klein, who is the Assistant Majority Leader in the Senate and Chairman of the Industry, Business, and Labor Committee. You're going to join me for the first two segments here. And then later on, we're going to have uh, Senator Ray Holmberg from Grand Forks, who chairs the All-Important Appropriations Committee in the North Dakota Senate. And uh, later at the end, we're going to last segment have Senator Dwight Cook, who chairs the Finance and Tax Committee. So if you have any questions over the hour that cover those topic areas, these are going to be people that uh, have years of knowledge and experience. Uh, Ray is the, the sort of the dean of the Senate, been there 40 years. I think he's seen, I was trying to count, six or seven governors. So uh, he's, he's been through it all. So I'd like to uh, welcome uh, Jerry and Mike, Michael to the show. Welcome to uh, WDY. Thanks for joining us here today. You bet. Uh, great to be here, John. Yeah, thanks for having us, John. Well, I'll start with uh, Michael. I'm interested. Michael's a brand new uh, legislator, just elected this last fall and coming into a, a new session and interested uh, what you're expecting and what you heard on the campaign trail, Michael. You, you know, it was uh, campaigning is as long and tiring as, as everyone has said and, and as you guys both know, but it's also a lot of fun. Uh, you get out. In North Dakota, it's, 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 it's different from other states. Our, our constituencies expect us to be there, to hear from us, and to see us face-to-face. So I know both you guys have done door-knocking throughout your years of campaigning. Uh, I think we knocked over 5,000 doors throughout District 22. Uh, District 22, John, as you said, it's, it's Eagle Run in West Fargo, Osgood in, in Fargo, and it goes down south to Horace, and then most of rural Cass County, Castleton, Arthur, uh, Page, Buffalo, Davenport, Leonard, um, and a little bit of Kindred. So with that, John, we have nine school districts in our in our legislative district. So education was a huge priority and huge concern for many many of the the voters and and, and people in my district. So uh, with our budget situation the way it is, um, and a lot of a lot of young families too in our district. Uh, Eagle Run is a growing neighborhood in West Fargo. A lot of young families uh, that have moved moved to town. 
so education is is will be a big priority um and again if i campaigned on we're going to trim the budget but also fund our priorities and education will be one of them and you said you're going to keep all the snow out in bismarck and man down <laughs> keep it away from fargo it's, we're, we're covered in ice but not covered in snow i saw on facebook before we started there's about a Four or five feet of snow on on Main Street, running through through Bismarck, awaiting us when we arrive. Yeah, I so. saw a picture of that. I think it was the Blarney Stone. There was a car completely engulfed in <laughs> yeah, snow. So yeah. maybe those people are still at the Blarney Stone. In yeah, Bismarck. and he's been there since uh, November. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Jerry. Uh, Jerry, you know, one question I have for you. Uh, you know, I want to talk about session and what you see coming, but I think you know, with your experience and your role as the assistant majority leader, I mean, you're really part of the process. Um, and I think, you know, people understand the process to agree, but uh, to a degree, but not fully. Maybe maybe talk about the the process of a bill and how things get started here at, at the beginning of a uh, session. It's sort of an exciting time. Well, it is an exciting time, and, and it's a great process in North Dakota. And just so everybody knows, District 14 is uh, a little different than Mike's uh, district. Uh, we cover five counties. Uh, I've got Kidder, Wells, Sheridan. Uh, Pierce and most of Benson County. Uh, we have a lot of school districts. Our concerns aren't uh, the growth in our schools, but certainly the uh, declining enrollment and how we're going to continue to keep those schools open and funded because, uh, you know, children can only travel so far and, and in a day. So um, our process in North Dakota, when you get back to the legislature, is, uh, is quite unique than in a lot of states. Um, uh, as you, I was going campaigning, and, and this is where most of our great ideas do come from as legislators. We have constituency who have a great idea and want us to bring that forward to the legislature. And we certainly do. And with that, uh, every bill then gets, uh, gets a hearing. And with that, uh, if it starts in the Senate, we have a, a hearing in the Senate, it gets a vote in the committee uh, up or down. And then it also has to go to the Senate floor. And there again, the, the bill is presented to the Senate and it gets an up or down vote. And should it be successful in one chamber or the other, the Senate, for example, it'll go over to the House where it'll, the process starts all over again. Um, it's somewhat unique where in some states, uh, some bills just never see the light of day. They wind up in some drawer somewhere is what they've been, you know, uh, sort of told is how that process works. But it, then it works its way through the House. And then once again, it goes all the way to the governor's office for its final signature. Uh, but we have really an interesting process. Uh, uh, just to sidetrack just a bit, uh, as the assistant majority leader, I, I somewhat uh, help direct the traffic, so to speak, on a, on the daily basis on the on the Senate floor. And I am now going to be working with the new lieutenant governor, the lieutenant governor in North now, Dakota. Brent Sanford from Watford City. Brent Sanford will be our presiding officer. And uh, so he is uh, fairly new, although being a mayor, he is a little familiar with Robert's rules. Uh, but uh, we have uh, uh, you know, rules of decorum, we have uh, rules of etiquette, and we follow them very closely in the Senate. And uh, so I'm, I'm uh, going to be visiting with him. I have already. And we're going to be working together to make sure that uh, our process goes smoothly and seamlessly as we move forward. One thing I always try and communicate to folks when I'm either campaigning or at an event is the openness of our process. Uh, you know, anybody, uh, it's just not... Uh, big wigs or people from out of state or lobbyists to get the chance to come and talk and represent their group in the, the North Dakota legislature. Uh, any citizen who has an issue, a concern, wants to come and uh, you're a committee chairman, come and testify in front of your committee and uh, talk about the issues they care about. I, I didn't go through a single committee hearing uh, last session where the chairman at, at the end was, you know, didn't ask for more testimony, anybody that had a thought or a concern or an issue. Um, 
you know, I think last session we probably had 900 to 1,000 bills that went through the legislature. And I think that's another interesting, like you said, Jerry, uh, every bill gets an up or down vote on the floor where it, in the in the chamber, which it's. John, John, you're absolutely correct. Uh, there's a, a lot of great ideas out there. And then there's some ideas that aren't so good. <laughs> but but there again, um, you, you hit it. Uh, and Mike's going to see that as as we go through the process. If somebody is looking through their the legislative website and see something they have an interest in and they appear at that committee for the hearing um, and, uh, you know, depending on the te- testimony in favor of an opposition, they have every right uh, to uh, and, and certainly sometimes we get jammed up a little for time, but uh, uh, to get up in front of the committee and express their views on a particular issue. So it's it's just a great process. Uh, you know, we have a little bit more security than we've had in the past, but people come and go to the Capitol building. Uh, you know, we have so much access to to legislators throughout the chamber, throughout the building, uh, through the cafeteria to anywhere. And so it's a just great. It's unique, I think, uh, as opposed to some of the other states. But uh it's a process that I've been, uh, this is going to be my 11th session. Um, it's it's a great process and it's a great experience. And I think uh, Mike's going to really enjoy this. I don't think I've, I've visited a number of state capitals and I've never been any place else where uh, citizens can walk right up, right into the chamber, right right behind the desk of the members of the House or Senate and, and you know, find your member or grab a member and ask a question or, or provide some input on something that they care about. It, it is truly unique and Tap in, in you on the way. shoulder, but... <laughs> but don't touch the rail, please. Yeah, yeah. That, the brass rail. You'll hear that plenty keep of times. That clean. But, uh, well, I was just—I was talking to some buddies over Christmas, and I said, "Well, yeah, I saw the governor. I went. I approached the governor in the cafeteria during our, our organizational session the first week in December, and I said, well, what's he doing in the cafeteria?' I was eating lunch just getting like with a, everybody else. Cheese. Yeah, just just <laughs> like everybody else. You know, Governor Darapol, who's still governor at the time, just was sitting in the, in the cafeteria amongst everybody. Again, the openness of our state government, I think, is is best in the nation. Yep, absolutely. Well, we'll be talking about some issues and uh, more things coming up this session in the, the next uh, section here with uh, Senator Klein and Representative Howell. Thanks for listening. John Casper filling in for Rob Port on 970 WDAY. Nine seventy WDAY. John Casper hosting today in place of uh, Rob Port. We're back with uh, Senator Jerry Klein and Representative Michael Howe talking uh, twenty seventeen legislative session. Uh, Representative Howe, what do you? Uh, how, how do you feel? Are you, are you guys excited out in Calston? I mean, uh, Arthur's close. That's is that, is that, is that count six governor from from that part of the state or? Uh, <laughs> What are your thoughts? We got a new governor coming in, new representative. You know, I haven't been up to Arthur lately, but I wouldn't be surprised if they've already got a sign that says home of Governor Doug Burgum, which and they should be very proud. Obviously, Castleton, home of uh, five governors. And we had our big billboard along I-94 there, too. So, yes, we are claiming Doug as, as one of our own in District 22 as our, the sixth governor from District 22 and uh, looking very much forward to, to working with Doug and, and uh, new ideas. You know, people... That's what I admire what Doug did throughout the campaign process. He got people involved and interested that weren't involved at all. Um, and it brought some excitement to the process. I think it showed in the polls, too, with uh, our, our, our strong Republican showing on Election Day. You know, people kind of say, well, it was the Trump factor. I think particularly in North Dakota, I think it was the Bergham factor. I think people are very, very excited for, with Doug's innovative ideas and new ideas. Um, 
and see how it works. And I, and I know the legislature will, will come in with open mind. There's, I think, 34 new legislators, I think 24 new people in the House, which I think is the largest number since 1991, Legislative Council told yeah, us. What, what do you think about that, Jerry? Well, you, you've been around these 11 sessions. Have you ever been in a session where there's going to be this many new faces? You know, we had we had a, quite a few new faces. Uh, oh, goodness, uh, 99 maybe. Uh, 2010, but, there was But eight back senators. then I didn't know it because uh, <laughs> I was part of the new faces. Uh, it's it's different when you've been uh, part of that process and, uh, you know, we're working that through. It's going to be certainly interesting to see, uh, you know, I have uh, six, uh, we have six new senators and that's going to be uh, interesting to see how that all works out. Uh, they seem to be uh, certainly very interested in, in uh, they're going to be quick learners. I, I think uh, both in the Senate and the House, it's going to be an interesting time. As, but, as part of leadership, what do you you know, if you had to simply say, what what do you what do you think at this point the theme of the session is going to be? What what's going to be that hot button, the big topic that people are going to be reading about in, in the paper the next sixty days? Well, uh, John, Mike, everybody knows uh, the discussion's been about the budget, uh, the revenue, whether whether it's spending or revenue, we've got to have some of each. Um, I, I think we can't forget, however, that we're going to also uh, we've got policy. There, there's some of us who, who dig into the policy, and that's our jobs to um, continue to to uh, work through all the policy, through some of the issues, make sure that our regulations aren't beyond where they should be. Um, you know, it, it seems that every session we wind up uh, with some new rules and new regulations uh, because the federal government said we need to. to. And, and I've often tried to be very careful as to uh, do we really need to do this or are we, um, you, know, uh, you know, adhering to really – uh, something that the federal government wants rather than what the people of North Dakota really P- Playing need. some North Dakota common sense. Uh, the old common sense factor sometimes gets lost in government, and that's, that's, the, that's the part where we need to continue to work at. And, and yeah, it, will it be an exciting time, a new governor? Um, you know, certainly somebody who is uh, coming in from the outside, a business perspective. We've had, you know, we've had an Ed Schaefer, uh, who I served with, uh, John Hoven, who was really uh, from, uh, from the outside, uh, came into the Bank of North Dakota, then became governor. Um, you know, people with really ec- uh, economic development in their in the back of their heads and wanting to move the state forward. And I think we've done a lot of things. Uh, oil has been a big deal, but uh, I think the the foundation that uh, Ed Schaefer laid out, that John Hoven laid out, has has really uh, kept the state moving forward during these uh, during the t- which we will have a few tough times here. But uh, as you can see, you can you can drive around Fargo, and every time I come to visit, I'm I'm just amazed at the growth and and the direction this, this uh, community is doing. So well, we're, uh, we're always happy to have you come, Jerry, a proud uh, father of uh, Fargoan here in our community. We love uh, one of your constituents, down. by well, the way. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I gotta, that's, that's a hard, that's a vote. I always got to work hard for. <laughs> <laughs> you got to work hard for every vote. I yeah, there you. you go. Well, double hard for that oh, one okay, because right. they, they're up on the issues. Uh, so Michael, what about, uh, me talk a little about the committees you're serving on this session and, and what, what you, you see your role being in there. Yeah. Well, Every legislator serves on two committees. We'll explain that process. So every legislator serves on two committees, unless you're on the appropriations committee. Then you're just on appropriations and you meet five days a week. Uh, as a freshman, I'm not on appropriations quite yet. Uh, that's mostly reserved for more senior members, but I'll serve on two committees, uh, finance and taxation, as well as agriculture. Uh, finance and tax, I know I heard you have Senator D- Dwight Cook coming on uh, later in the show. He'll be able to talk more specific policy with you of what to expect this session. Um, and then agriculture, uh, it's my background. Grew up on a farm, uh, have a seed company with my dad, uh, farm just, just central North Cass County a little bit. 
so I'm, I'm excited. It's, you know, Chairman Hedlund and Chairman Johnson, both chairmen of the Finance and Tax and Agriculture Committees, uh, we're expecting a, a heavy load. And, and uh, agriculture, it's, you know, I, I've, I've told, I said this on the campaign trail. I said, oil's been a blessing to the state. It's been great. It's done wonderful things, you know, helped improve our infrastructure, roads, bridges, et cetera. Um, if that oil runs out in 100 years, 200 years, it's gone. But the black dirt that's just outside this building is going to be there forever. So being on the Agriculture Committee, I think it's, it's, it's quite the honor. So Michael Hall VIII will still be farming the black dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, about, I hope okay. so. I hope how, so. how about, on industry, business, and labor? Well, and, and Mike's got it right. Uh, the, you know, I've, I've uh, served on the Industry, Business, Labor Committee since I came in in 1997. Um, I've been, I was vice chairman in the beginning in 2001. But I also serve an ag, and I was the ag vice chairman back in 97, 99, and, and I have continued to serve an ag because it's, it's really what happens in my, where I live, out in, uh, in central North Dakota where agriculture is and continues and will always be uh, what we do and, and, and uh, the important thing that we do out there. So um, I think uh, we're, we're going to, you know, industry business labor is going to have uh, a few issues, and I think this uh, particular uh, go around unemployment, job service is going to be our big issue because uh, with the uh, downturn in the West has really put a strain on our jobs, our unemployment uh, and um, and our fund. And, and how are we going to make that fund whole again? So we're going to have to spend a lot of time. And I have a, a couple of new members, uh, including Senator Casper, uh, which I'm excited about. And um, uh, Senator Jim I, I, I appreciate that. Jer- Jerry was willing to put me on his committee after much haranguing. Well, I, I, <laughs> We always like young, uh, young individuals or, who are or, enthusiastic or, and and want to want to learn because we have a little bit of a learning curve, similar to a lot of the committees. Uh, there isn't a committee you're not going to serve on that you're not going to have a little bit of a learning curve, and um, find a lot of interest in. But you got to kind of get up to speed on it. So uh, um, I'm excited. You know, we we always have some issues whether they deal with workers' comp, with banking, uh, uh, with insurance. Uh, but I think unemployment in this uh, particular go around is going to probably be our key to how we can come up with some uh, some un- uh, a ways to fund our needs in, in in that particular arena right now. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on that committee. I think particularly with issues that affect Fargo and our growing economy. And Fargo Fargo is a key driver. I see of diversifying our economy as we move forward. And we've heard that uh, a lot out of the uh, the new governor and during, during his campaign and his time as governor elect. They've talked a lot about that, so I look forward to having some opportunities to cover those those subject areas in the next session. So, uh, anyway, we're uh, just uh, going to a mid show break here, and we're gonna uh, second half gonna have Senator Ray Holmberg on and uh, talking appropriations issues, and Senator Dwight Cook talking finance and tax. Uh, I'm John Casper. I'm filling in for Rob Port today. Thanks for listening to 970 WDAY. Welcome back. Uh, Jonathan Casper filling in for Rob Port on 970 WDAY. If you'd like to participate, call us at 293-9000 or 888-970-9329. Or you can email or text us at talk at WDAY.com. Everyone back to reality after a Christmas break here on a uh, icy day here in Fargo. We're taking the time... uh, John Casper hosting for Rob Port to 
discuss the 2017 legislative session we have coming up in North Dakota and uh, opportunity to bring some uh, key players in that session in, some of the, the leaders in the legislature. You heard from uh, Senator Jerry Klein and Representative Michael Howe earlier. Thank you for uh, those gentlemen for being here today. And next we have Senator Ray Holmberg from Grand Forks, who's the chairman of the Appropriations Committee. Uh, hello, Ray. Welcome. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Yes, very Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to you and the listeners. Are you? Are, have you been kept busy by your grandkids last several days? Yes, yes. I, I made the ultimate sacrifice. I sent the daughter and the son-in-law to a nice hotel downtown, and I had them for two days. Well, that, you're you're a good father and grandfather. I uh, and, you know, <laughs> I should have taken gra- the hotel. Spe- <laughs> yeah. Spe- <laughs> speaking of grandfather, anyway. you're sort of like a dare I say, sort of the the grandfather of the Senate, the dean of the chamber, the one of the longest serving members uh, currently in North Dakota legislature. How long are you? Are you at uh, forty years now? Um, uh, forty one. Forty one, technically. But you know, it, the time does go fast, and anyone who has been there only one or two years. You'll be surprised how fast the time goes if you stay. Well, as part, how many? How many? I was trying to calculate earlier today. How many governors have uh, come and gone in your time in the legislature? I started with Art Link, and then went to Alan Olson, and then Sinner, and then uh, Schaefer, Schaefer, Hoven, Dalrymple, and Dalrymple, and now Burgum. So it's been a few. So what do you what do you expect as part of that process? You know as. Uh, Better as well as anybody, uh, you know, a new governor coming in, working with the legislature. What should uh, folks be watching? What do you expect out of that transition? Well, it'll be a learning experience for both. The legislature will have to get used to the new rhythm of different governor and mostly different staff. And the uh, and Governor Burgum will find that the tr- transition from uh, the private sector to the public sector can have some unexpected bumps in the road, but uh, I think that uh, it will be accomplished. Uh, I have every confidence that it'll work out fine. Yeah, the the government doesn't always work the same way the private sector does. Even when we have one of the, uh, we've been ra- rated uh, time and time again over the last uh, decade or so as one of the best run, if not the best run government in the uh, United States. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to to watch that transition and, and, and be a part of it. And I always think it's uh, sort of difficult. You get elected as governor, and then whoever is the new governor comes right into a legislative session. So, you know, they're building off of the old governor's budget. When we were out there a month or so ago, the uh, Governor Dowerpool gave his budget presentation where he sort of sets out priorities and thinking from the administration on what should be the budget going forward for the state. And the new governor's got to come in and... Uh, and, and lead that. How, how, how do you see that working out? How's, you know, where do you, what, what's, what's been your experience with that in the past? Well, I think that uh, a new governor will have maybe some different priorities uh, than the old governor. There are some uh, issues within uh, Governor Dalrymple's budget that are causing heartburn amongst, I think, both uh, the governor and legislators. And we're going to You there, Ray? Well, I think we uh, I think we might have lost Ray. He's down. I know he's down on the uh, down in the Twin Cities doing a little uh, uh, fill in daycare. But uh, I'll, I'll step in there. I think 
you know, one question I want to talk to Ray about when he gets back, if we get him here, it's going to be interesting uh, in the Appropriations Committee, you know, here in Fargo, uh, I always feel like being a, a senator from Fargo, the amount of coverage that the legislature gets and people's general interest in it, um, when it comes to key issues, people are watching and following, but it's sort of not the same as uh, the folks out in Bismarck who are around it, living it every day, day in and day out, what's happening in politics in the state of North Dakota. And uh, particularly on the Appropriations Committee, there are some uh, big issues to be watching for for the, the Faro community. You know, first and foremost is the diversion project and funding for that from the state of North Dakota. All right. Sounds like Ray is, Ray is back with us, uh, Chairman Okay, Holberg. here I am. I, was just, I don't know where I was cut off. Oh, well, no worries. I, I, cut off. I, I expertly took over in my first time hosting a radio show. So oh. that's, you know, you got you to gotta, uh, roll with the punches here. But what, what I was just visiting about was I was talking a little about the diversion and some issues that may matter to uh, the people of Fargo that uh, are going to be going through the Appropriations Committee. And I, you know, I was talking about diversion funding and, you know, that went through last time and we uh, appropriated... I think it was about $570 million, uh, 450 of that was over an eight-year period. And I was going to ask about that in uh, North Dakota mm-hmm. or uh, Red River Valley Water Supply. And do you, what, what do you see coming up with issues for Fargo and the Appropriations Committee and, uh, you know, maybe particularly well, the diversion? clearly the diversion is an issue that uh, the legislature has weighed in on. And uh, as you recall, uh, the money that uh, a major portion of the money uh, for those water projects comes from resources trust fund, which does not rely on the general fund income. It is a percentage of the oil tax, and uh, that money is mostly there in the bank. Yeah, I think that's a great um, point, Ray. I always try and communicate that to people here that, uh, you know, Fargo is a, a beneficiary in the eastern part of the state be- benefits from, from a, a, a solid share of that oil tax or oil revenue right. to the state. Right. The, uh, you have, for example, the city of Grand Forks and its uh, water treatment plant um, has uh, received $30 million last time and has another $30 million on the way, and uh, that's in the Resources Trust Fund. And the governor's budget, the Dalrymple budget, included that funding. Sure. Now, the, um, the issue of the Red River Valley water, that has... Uh, you know, had a lot of different fits and starts, but uh, I think it is something that is critical for uh, for the eastern part of the state, and it's actually more than just the east because the way it has morphed, it now supplies water to, or potentially supplies water in a drought situation to over half of the population of the state of North Dakota. Yeah, and for folks who aren't familiar with that, maybe... Uh, describe a little what we're talking about there. I mean, we're talking, we've, we've had wet times, but in dry times, we're, we're talking about getting uh, water out of the Missouri River to this half of the state. Right. And the question is, uh, working with the federal government, that has been a very problematic uh, situation over the past years. Uh, one of the proposals that is, has moved forward has to do with just totally funding it by the state, meaning you don't have to go through some of the federal uh, requirements that are there because it would be paid for by the state of North Dakota and not and the people of North Dakota and not by the federal government. Um, that still, I, I noticed just the other day there was an article about uh, revisiting the issue of whether the money, uh, excuse me, whether water should be taken from the McCluskey Canal, which was built 
in uh, the late 60s, 50s, 70s, 60s, 60s. Uh, and has sat empty for two generations. But that requires federal uh, input. Well, it'll be interesting. I think, you know, the people of Fargo can uh, uh, take pride in that we've, that our communities come together and come to the legislature and, and shown the need that we have here, particularly with the, the, the diversion. Uh, you know, you've seen a lot of the, even the, the in-town flood protection. Uh, those who have traveled around the community in the last uh, two years since last legislative session, seen, I've seen a lot of work along the river in downtown Fargo and uh, various communities along the river where uh, we're, we're definitely protected to a higher level than we were before. And a lot of those funds uh, came from the legislature, came from the Resources Trust Fund. So it's been uh, a great benefit to the state. Well, we appreciate having you on, Ray, and make, making the time today when you're down uh, okay. with family. Uh, uh, John Casper here on uh, 970 WDAY hosting for Rob Port. Uh, when we get back, we'll have Senator Dwight Cook talking finance and tax. Thanks again, Ray. Welcome back. Jonathan Casper filling in for Rob Port on 970 WDAY. Uh, We've been discussing the 2017 legislative session on the show today. Uh, Just got off with uh, Senator Ray Holmberg, and now we have Senator Dwight Cook. We're uh, bringing you the uh, the key players and the key committees here in the the legislature. And uh, Dwight, appreciate you you being on. Uh, Dwight chairs the Finance and Tax Committee and He's uh, digging out in Mandan still. I'm done digging out, John. I hope I can stay dug out now. Good. You'll be uh, re- ready to go come next week then. I'll be ready to go. So how many how many feet of snow in your driveway? Uh, well, it's more than I've ever seen, and I've lived here for over 30 years. Uh, it's uh, a tremendous amount of snow, but I'll tell you what, I, I got dug out. Uh, I drove around, and uh, the neighbors, uh, they're impressive people. Uh, the driveways are all cleaned out. Uh, they go right after it. They don't sit around and wait for somebody to do it for them. They just get her done. Got to love North Dakota. Got to love it. You bet. So, uh, Dwight, we've been talking about uh, issues in general in the legislature and issues on uh, particular committees. Uh, you know, what, what do you see for the, the session that will be uh, coming through finance and tax uh, in 2017? Well, uh, first off, the big picture is I would hope that we don't see near the bills that we've seen in the past and the uh, the the lack of a whole bunch of surplus dollars should uh, take care of that. But there are some issues that uh, we're going to be dealing with this session, I think, that are new and unique. Uh, uh, all of the economic development incentives, we started a process of reviewing them during this interim. Uh, we started with the income tax credits, and uh, uh, we're going to be looking at income ta- or economic development incentives, I think all of them. Uh, we got to get smarter. we got to know what works, what doesn't work. Uh, we're in a very competitive uh, environment with uh, neighboring states and uh, we've changed our tax policy a lot it's a lot lower than it was to what degree we need some of these incentives is a question we're going to have to ask Uh, and another issue i think that is uh, very important is uh, that's going to be new and unique this session is uh, electric generation tax policy Uh, i think it's safe to say that uh, the state of north dakota the the electric generating industry the coal industry uh, the state itself is is committed to a zero carbon emission uh, policy at some point in the near future. It's just a matter of time and money. 
uh, that's going to change the whole outlook of things, uh, how we tax it. Uh, we're going to have to generate some money to help pay for it so that it isn't all on the burden of the of the rate payers. Uh, but uh, we've got to start that. That's not maybe as quite as urgent right now, uh, but we've got to start the process of figuring out what we're going to do. Sure, yeah, I always appreciate the long-term vision of the, the legislature. It's certainly something I've I've learned and appreciated since uh, I've been there, not thinking about the next election, but uh, the next generation. And uh, so many folks out there as yourself do that. I think, you know, we, we're, we should be grateful in North Dakota. We're really uh, very much in general a low-rate state and have uh, reliable, dependable, affordable energy, which uh, I've always uh, learned and I, I was always surprised when I, I first started getting into politics and, and getting into uh, policy that, you know, that people think about that and they think about their energy out of their wallet, their home. But that's one of the biggest expenses. If you talk to any business owner, any person that's going to uh, build a factory here, or, you know, employ more people through that. And one of their biggest expenses is energy. And as that goes up, it makes it more difficult to, to compete here. Oh, absolutely. I always think of Bobcat. Uh, uh, Bobcat's been a good customer of mine most of my life. And uh, I walked through that plant and all of the electricity that a plant like Bobcat consumes and uh you know, you look at transportation as far as getting them bobcats out of the state, but what they pay for electricity, and it's important that the, our electricity, uh, the rates that people pay continue to be some of the lowest in the country. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, I, I was thinking, uh, you know, South Fargo, Microsoft's a big, obviously a big player, big employer in our community. And, uh, you know, I, I remember we fixed it last session, but, you know, you were a leader. Uh, you know, we had some issues as far as how we were competing against other states and, and our taxation of uh uh, those kind of companies. Maybe you want to talk about that a little bit. That was a complicated issue. It's difficult for a lot of people to understand, but uh, multi-state corporations, uh, you might wonder how they pay tax, income tax to the state of North Dakota. They look at their total federal profit, and then they apportionment this taxable profit to each individual state. And for years, most states uh, apportion that based on three equal factors, the amount of employees, the salary that they had in your state, the amount of property they had in the state, and the amount of sales that they had in their state. Well, other states uh, started uh, eliminating the uh, apportionment on based on property and employees and just looked at the sales, and we had not. And so what that did was create a situation where if Microsoft, for example, uh, built another campus and hired more people, that we penalized the living daylights out of them with just more corporate income tax. And so we got into the 21st century. Uh, we changed that last session. Uh, we're competing with other states. Uh, you've seen Microsoft. I believe I've heard they had 200 jobs since we yep, went home just last conti- session. It continues to grow. It's great for the state, great that, for that, Fargo. That's directly a re- uh, uh, consequence of passing that legislation. Bobcat built is building a new property in West Fargo. That was headed over to Minnesota. I can't believe it, but uh, that we would have lost something to Minnesota. But... Uh, you know, those are important decisions, and I don't call that a, an incentive either, John. Uh, that's just sound tax policy. Absolutely. Well, we uh, we appreciate you being here, Dwight, and covering that. Uh, you know, wish you a, a happy new year. Uh, my John, name, you too. Absolutely. My, my name's uh, John Casper. I've been filling in for Rob Port today. Thanks for listening to uh, 970 WDAY as uh, we talked about the issues facing the legislature as we come in, uh, into the 2017 session. Uh, I, I reinforce, email your legislator, call your legislator. Uh, anybody out there that wants to email me, you can get me at jcasper at nd.gov, and uh, we'll bring up those issues and concerns you have in the legislative session. Thanks for having me here.